and I was going to share a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think our, our mourning and our losses, uh, they kind of move in waves, uh, maybe different degrees, but I think they're continuous and, and ongoing and every loss there, there, there seems to be a new beginning as well. And one of the things I was mourning this week <clears throat> is on Thursday morning, uh, I helped our, our son row and, and he's been living at our house for the past three months. It's the longest he's been in our home in the last five years. And we just had a great time eating dinner together, going on walks and some hikes and, and just having conversations and so this past Thursday morning, though, I was helping him uh, load his, most of you who've been in college, you can remember this, probably loading up his uh, Subaru for his last year of college. And um, when we finally, and I, I couldn't really say much while we were loading up his car, and I, I could feel that that familiar kind of trembling there in the throat and the tears welling up in my eyes and and I was trying to avoid eye contact with him because I just knew what was coming there. And when we finally crammed in that, that last load of clothing into his car, and it was just filled up with his running shoes and his board games, all the kind of fun stuff, man. And also just kind of mourning his last year before he starts taking on a lot more responsibility and then maybe not knowing what's awaiting him around the corner there. So we stepped back from his car and we just gave each other a, a, a full heartfelt hug. And I wanted to say something. I wanted to tell him how much I loved him. But you know how it gets when the tears come. I couldn't even speak or say anything to him. And finally, in the middle of that hug, though, he said, thanks for everything, Dad. And, and the tears, the tears just came rolling down. And I still was unable to speak. And, and we just walked away from one another. And when I got to my car, still, I just was all I was able to do was wave goodbye. And our eyes caught one another. And Margaret uh, Metzer, and she wrote a, a book called A Time to Mourn and A Time to Dance. And she just says, life is a series of hellos and goodbyes and gains and losses. And they come as a matched set, and they are universal. And expecting to experience life without loss, she says, would be like expecting to create a tapestry without thread. And so Nuon says, the big question is not so much, will we have losses, but how will we live with all the losses that we experience in life? And then we have these wonderful words in Ecclesiastes. And I said, there is a season for everything. And how will we live with the changing seasons in our life? The spring and the summer, in the fall and the winter, we experience quite often, not just in our personal lives, but even in the life of our church, we go through these seasons very frequently and within our community and our nation as well. And when the weeping lingers for the night, does joy truly come? in the morning because it's so much more easy to ha handle our sorrow knowing that the sorrow at some point will turn in to joy. The nuance says we, we are sad because of all that we have lost. And do we take time to just acknowledge 
what we have lost and what we are, are mourning. And I think over the past year and a half here with between the pandemic and the civil strife, these things have, have magnified our losses maybe beyond normal. And we've had the loss of life. We've had a tremendous loss of trust, the loss of, of security. And as I mentioned, just even losing our sanctuary for a year and a half where we haven't been able to meet safely in that place. We have the loss of our, our normal routines and, and rituals, uh, the loss of a community. And can that which is lost be found? I'm thinking about just our, our personal losses and during our life here in this last year or so, maybe we've lost a friend uh, to cancer the pain of losing a, a dog to old age, a good friend, a child to disease or an accident. And these losses and the accompanying pain can mount up. And maybe we've had the, the loss of a long-term relationship that ends poorly. And perhaps we've lost a house or a job in the troubled times or a spouse to death. And these losses can accumulate and they can sit in our hearts just like a large, heavy rock. And the one says, like, life sometimes just seems like one long series of losses. And I always remember, you know, I guess I was thinking of our kids this week with Ro going back to, to college. I always remember uh, walking when we first got here to uh, Mancus, walking Andy and Ro to the Mancus Elementary School. And they were just in the first or second grade. And it just was a wonderful, delightful time of life and they had so much hope and so many dreams and I would pick them up after school and they'd run and greet me and jump into my arms it was just a wonderful time and then one day a year or so later you know, they, they said to me they said daddy you don't have to walk us to school anymore and something died that day and at the very same time something new was born and I remember the first time I experienced death from someone that was close to me when my grandpa Albert died in the eighth grade. And I remember walking past his open casket. It was in a very small United Methodist Church in rural Kansas. And things changed from that moment on. And I also remember very vividly that my goal at the, his funeral was not to cry or not to mourn. And I did a pretty good job of it that day, but was it healthy? And do we actually take time with all these losses in our life, which are just are normal? Do we take time to mourn them? And lastly, uh, I've been mourning for over a year now, just the possible and more the most likely breakup of the United Methodist Church. And it's just hard for me to understand why we can't agree to disagree, that we can still value one another, even if we're not in complete agreement. And Henry uh, Nuon says, in the afternoon and the evening of our life, there are painful losses that we go through, through conflict and misunderstanding and failure and anger and resentment. And we lose hopes and dreams and, and we get new hopes, new possibilities. So what do we do with our losses? Because they're ongoing through life. <clears throat> Can the loss be found? 
and do we mourn? And one thing we can do is we can ignore and deny what we've lost. And usually that just results in more pent up anger where we might shut down. We can be stoic, which is what I try to do more often than not. <laughs> and we can also blame our losses on other people and other groups. And this is just scapegoating. And when we try to transfer that pain to someone else, it never works. But the healthiest and the most life changing thing that we can do, the life giving thing we can do is mourn, to deeply mourn our losses because there is a time to mourn. We can shed tears over our losses and allow ourselves to grieve deeply, Nuan says. He also says we can never get to joy if we don't dare to, to cry, if we don't have the courage to weep, if we don't take the time to experience the pain. In the shortest, and maybe I think probably one of the more powerful verses in scripture, we read, Jesus wept. Just two words. He wept. He took that time to mourn when his friend Lazarus died and he could see the pain of his sisters in the community. He wept. And before his death, we find him in the garden and he's crying again and the tears became like drops of blood falling to the ground. So Jesus took that time to mourn deeply. And we also know that he experienced resurrection in new life, a joy that surpasses our understanding. And Alan Jones in his book, <clears throat> Soul Making, he says, tears are agents of resurrection and transformation. And so there is a great deal of truth to the adage, sometimes we just need a good cry. We need to mourn. Mourning and tears break open our hearts and they start letting the sorrow out and letting the light in. And the mourning and the dancing are part of the same movement of grace, says Nuon. And that good morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, good morning softens our hearts and gives us hope. And I remember when my, my father died and I was a very well-tuned stoic and I'd say I still am. <laughs> and shortly after his death, our beloved dog, Luke, died as well. And I remember digging a grave in, in a field next to our house. And I went back and I wrapped Luke in a blanket. And I carried him out to this field, to his grave, and the snow was falling down all around us. And I hadn't cried. And when I knelt down and placed Luke in the ground, <clears throat> all the tears from that grief that I had been holding in just started to pour out. And the tears began that process of letting my pain and, and my sorrow go and letting that light in. And I don't know how that happens when we mourn, but there's mourning and there's a movement of joy and light as well at the same time. And this movement is ongoing throughout all the seasons of our lives. Today, as we're here, you know, between the, between the pandemic and the civil discord in our personal lives, we have all had 
tremendous losses in our lives. <clears throat> and how are we going to live with our losses? And my prayer for all of us is that we can just take that time to, to acknowledge our grief, our sorrow, our losses, and spend time with that. And may our te tears be cathartic. May it lead us to resurrection joy. Amen.